Hey everybody and welcome to the first episode of the Nick State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo alongside my partner Chip Murphy and we are associated with Elite Sports New York so you can check out this podcast at our radio section of the site and if you haven't been to the site I can tell you we're up and coming. We've got a lot of fantastic writers especially in our Nick section and, and Chip you can talk a little bit more about that being the Nick boss. We, we have a strong team of Nick writers and, and produce great articles on a daily basis. We do have a really strong team of Nick's writers. We actually added a lot of uh, talented guys, a lot of talented young kids who are in college recently. And uh, one of them is actually with us today. And he is Charlie's Har- Charles Hart. Hart, excuse me. So Charles, thank you for joining us and being a part of this first episode. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. I look forward to uh, talking some Knicks basketball with you guys. And that's what we're going to be doing for the next 45 minutes or so. We have a variety of topics to talk about with the Knicks. And it may be the offseason, but I think we all can agree that you know, the New York Knicks, there's always something to talk about. There's always drama that surrounds them. So you know, the Knicks never get boring. We could sit here and talk for days about the New York Knicks. I think we're in agreement with that. There's much drama that yeah, surrounds them. Yeah, a dull moment. So we're going to start off talking about Carmelo Anthony. There's thousands of topics that we can discuss about Carmelo Anthony. But over the last year, we see that you know tension between him and Phil Jackson is getting worse. And it's clear that these two don't work. And to me, it feels like one of them has to go. Well, Phil Jackson's contract has been extended. So that leaves Carmelo Anthony, and we've seen that Phil Jackson basically said that he believes that Carmelo Anthony's better off somewhere else. And what we're going to talk about is, are the New York Knicks better with or without Carmelo Anthony? What do you you guys think? I think they're better off in the long run if they deal him, because he showed this year that he's clearly on the decline. His uh, athleticism is on the decline he uh, attempted more threes this season than he ever has in his career. And that's a bad sign. I mean, at the age of 32, to be chucking up more shots from three. And he shot like the league average, he was 35%. Mm-hmm. So when you're doing that, and he was hardly ever attacking the rim. That's the big thing, he yeah. Just, he's lost a step. Exactly. The obvious. Yeah, I mean, you can see it even at the... And if I, if I could just jump in right there, that's one thing yeah, I noticed yeah. about Carmelo Anthony as well. I think you're spot on with that about how, you know, he just settles for jump shots. He's a, a basically a catch-and-shoot yeah. shooter or holding on the ball and fading away. He no longer attacks the basket. I mean, free throw line, he's, he's not really getting there as much. He says it's not because yeah, I'm, not, I'm not getting the calls. The league. Yeah, he was second in the league in mid-range attempts. Yep. Yeah. And, and I, and he made a lot of mid-range shots. It's just uh, he doesn't attack the basket. Mm-hmm. You're right. He doesn't attack the basket anymore. And that, that's the thing that with Camelo Anthony, when he's not attacking, so many times you can see when he still does it every once in a while. I mean, the strength of Carmelo Anthony, he's able to finish around the rim still, but he just doesn't have the lift. I mean, I know there was a game I was watching last yeah. year, and I, I can't remember the game on the top of my head, but he got fouled you know, before the act of shooting, and he goes up to dunk the ball, and he gets – hung by the rim, falls on his butt. You know, you can see that the, the athleticism of Carmelo Anthony is definitely dropping. And, um, Charles, I'm, I'm looking to hear from you. What do you, what do you think about Carmelo Anthony? Are we better with him or without him? 
Well, we're certainly better uh, without him. The problem is he's a very hard piece to move. Mm-hmm. That's There's another no point. trade clause, obviously. The only place that I personally see him as a fit is the Boston Celtics. Mm-hmm. Now, what he waive is no trade clause for the Boston Celtics. I don't know about that. I know that from watching him this season, he's definitely slowed down. When he dribbles the ball, you know, an average of one to two times, his field goal percentage much higher. When he dribbles the ball seven or eight times, his field goal percentage is dropping. That shows that he should not be an isolation player anymore. I think he is much more of a a better player when he's a catch-and-shoot player. The Knicks have started to use him that way. The only problem is he's also not that great of a catch-and-shoot player. Mm -hmm. So he's regressed a ton since we first acquired him. And he's making a lot of money, I believe $20, $21, 24000000 million at this point. So all sides would benefit from him moving on yeah. from the Knicks. It's just a matter of time and a matter of him accepting that he should not be a Nick anymore and waiving his no-trade clause. And that's an excellent point that you bring that, you know, the, the biggest problem of Carmelo Anthony is that he is going to be near impossible to trade. I mean, he holds all the power of having that no-trade clause, and it's just a nightmare situation. It's not like when he was in Denver and they were looking to get rid of him. Denver had the ability to really give him to any team. I know he really pushed to come to New York, and um, you know that that's one reason why he ended up in a Nick uniform. And for me personally, yeah, I, I think it, it's time that Carmelo Anthony does move on, um, and, and it's best thing for both the Knicks and him because, you know, what do you get measured with championships? Is Carmelo Anthony going to win a championship in New York? No. I mean, do you guys agree with that? Yes. He's, I I mean, he's, if he stays in New York, his legacy is going to be that. And I like Carmelo, so Mm -hmm. I don't think of him this way, but his legacy is going to be that of a selfish player. And that's unfair to him, but it's just that's how he's going to remember the guy, a ball hog, the guy who, you know, ran Jeremy Lin out of New York when he ever, the rest of the city loved him. Yep. A guy who kind of a coach killer, I guess, because of what he did with D'Antoni. Uh, a guy who forced Denver's hand into getting him to New York, just kind of. You know, chose New York because of the money and the brand and his reality show. He still gets, you know, he still gets crap over picking New York when he had a chance to go to Chicago and play with Tom Thibodeau. They still talk about that. So, uh, yeah, I think he needs to leave for his sake, too. It should be a selfish move for him to leave at this point. I think it would help himself to leave. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, because he's not going to win a championship in New York. Now, now here's the thing. If he leaves the Knicks, we're going to be dreadful. The Knicks are going to be awful. But the thing is, even with him, we're not going anywhere. We're not making the playoffs. It's been four straight years Mm -hmm. of not making the postseason. So with him, what, we're a 30-win team at best? Without him, we're looking about 17 Mm -hmm. wins, maybe even less. I mean, but... That might be the better route to go at this point, trying to get younger, get rid of um, just a lot of money in salary caps. So yes, you'll have money to try to get free agents, so that's a whole other issue. The Knicks don't ever seem to get anybody in free agency because their organization is just in a mess. 
Um, but yeah, that's the other thing. Carmelo doesn't really attract free yes. agents. He does yeah. not. He, I mean, and, and I think a part of it is because of his style of play, like as you mentioned, Chip, that he is yeah. a ball hog. I mean, you, you watch, the, there's no ball movement with this team. Uh, Carmelo yeah. Anthony sits on the elbow or on, on the wing and is in a post-up and gets the ball and he holds on to it for about 10, 15 seconds and then about four or five seconds left on the shot clock, takes an awful shot. And it's just something that the Knicks don't need. I think even in those games that he was sitting out, the Knicks' ball movement was better, which made them actually a little bit more competitive. Now, what I'm saying is, Kamel Anthony, we, we we do need his kind of – I'm not the fan – Basically, what I'm trying to say is I'm not a fan that's saying I dislike Carmelo Anthony. I, I recognize that he's a great player, but where I'm at with Thanks. it, we're not going right. anywhere, and I think it cuts. It's time to cut ties. But Charles, Charles, what do you think about it? You know, just the whole thing. You think he just needs to move on? Yeah. So the problem between Carmelo Anthony and the Knicks is that these two are on completely different time schedules. You have Carmelo Anthony, who's uh, near the end of his career, you know, on the downside. And you have the Knicks, who are not in a win-now uh, scenario like Carmelo Anthony is. Carmelo Anthony wants a championship now, and the Knicks are trying to improve their young players and develop them. Guys like, obviously, Christoph Porzingis, guys like Willie Hernan Gomez, they're trying to develop those guys and round out their games, while Carmelo Anthony is obviously ch- uh, chasing championships. So at this point, Carmelo Anthony, if he wants to chase championships, he should not be doing it with the New York Knicks. Exactly. And, and Charles, let me let me start with you with this question, something that I'm just thinking about. But, you know, we talked about the no trade clause. Carmelo Anthony has all the power. And do you guys think that Phil Jackson and these mind games that he's doing, do you think he's doing it on purpose to make Carmelo Anthony so uncomfortable that he's just, look, get rid of me? Do you think that's what he's doing? I'm sure to a certain extent, Phil is an absolute, you know, brilliant, brilliant strategical mind when it comes to playing the media. He did that through his entire tenure with the Bulls and more so in the Lakers. So he obviously knows what he's doing when he talks to the media and he's throwing subliminal hints. The problem is this is creating a a culture of secrecy and just all these players, including Kristaps Porzingis, they're all not communicating with each other. You have Kristaps, you know, skipping his exit meeting, all because Phil has this culture of, you know, subliminal messages almost. So it's a huge problem for this franchise. Absolutely. And then Chip, what do you what do you think? Do you think it's something that Phil Jackson is doing on purpose? Do you think he's trying to just get rid of Melo by making him so uncomfortable that he's saying, "Look, I don't care, just trade me." I don't think that the press conference had anything to do with trying to get rid of Carmelo. But I think that the subliminal messages, like using his buddies in the media to, to write stories with his uh, words, that kind of stuff is definitely sending messages to Melo, like, I don't want you here, just take a hint. And it's like Charles said, that's old school Phil Jackson. He used to send messages through the media to Kobe, to Shaq, he did it to Michael Jordan. So he thought, well, I did it when I was a coach. Why can't I do it as president? Because it doesn't work that way. You're not the coach anymore. Even though he thinks it should work that way, it doesn't work that way. And Carmelo is a Kobe, and as Phil Jackson so 
uh, rightly pointed out in that press conference, Carmelo <laughs> isn't Kobe or Michael Jordan. And he doesn't take the criticism like Kobe or Michael Jordan did. Whereas Melo for taking the criticism the way he did. It has to be strange for him to take criticism for an executive and not a coach. It's just an uncomfortable position he's been put in. But, yeah, I think Phil definitely playing mind games with him. And at the same time, though, it's not working. Carmelo appears to have dug in on his stance more so now than ever, even though he won't come out and make a public comment about it. But, yeah, I, I think a lot of it's been mind games. Yeah, that's what I think. Uh, before I wrap up this segment, just another thought about Carmelo Anthony. I, and I just feel, and I'm curious to get your guys' opinion on it as well, but we've seen this season that even the fans are starting to kind of get irritated with Carmelo Anthony. Even at the Garden, they were they were booing him several times this year. And basically, it's just at the point where I, I, I feel like the fans rather just this end because it just seems to never end. It's just basically, no pun intended, I guess, a melodrama constantly uh charles do you think that the the knicks are just so or the knick fans are just so ready to move on from him and, and start a rebuilding process well i don't think the fans are ready to move on from josh carmelo anthony i feel like the fans are ready to move on from phil jackson as well i think personally through my experience with twitter i've seen many fans you know so upset with the triangle offense or all of uh, Hornacek's uh, defensive sets as well. So you're seeing a lot of discontent with not just Carmelo Anthony, but Phil Jackson and the whole front office. So I think it's more than just Carmelo Anthony. And Chip, what do you think? You think the fans are ready to move on from Melo? It's a tricky situation because you have the Carmelo cult followers and then you have the Phil cult followers like Charles mentioned on Twitter, but then you also have the people who are vehemently want both of them out of town. And those people are really, like the Stephen A. Smith who went on that rant saying he wanted Phil out of town. There's people who are just as passionate, if not more, about wanting Carmelo Anthony out of town. But those are the ones who probably never really wanted him in the first place. I mean, I'm not that passionate about Juan and Carmelo gone. I think he needs to go. But, yeah, I think there's a lot of fans who are fed up with him, and they don't like... Those are the same fans who boo when he holds the ball too long during a game. You know, there's a lot of fans who, no matter how many game winners he makes, they're always going to boo him if he holds the ball too long. People just don't like Carmelo. That's something he's not going to be able to overcome because he never won. And it doesn't help, especially now, everything that he's going through with his his wife Lala and that situation. So yeah, it's gonna, yeah. it's just gonna make more people hate him. It just, he just can't win. Just you know? more, yeah. Oh God. I, and I think Charles Oakley, I mean, well, even not. touched on it about him just leaving. And I, it's, I think it's just time to go. I think he needs to start over fresh. And, and I mean, at this point yeah. of his career, he's got to go to a team that. In, that's in contention, and like Charles said, I think the Celtics are a team that makes sense for him. I, I, I think even more so than than the Clippers, because um, to me, I think you the know, Clippers are dissolving. I mean, you can see what's going only, on there. 
he only has so much time left in his NBA career. He either has to make a decision. Does he want to stay in New York or does he want a championship? Yep. And, I mean, he already got that contract that he wanted. I mean, that was a big thing. We kind of talked about it before about how people are still on to him for staying in New York when he could have went to Chicago a few years ago. Well, look, he's getting $124 million. Otherwise, in Chicago, he would have made $95 million. So he stayed with the Knicks, I think, for the purpose of getting that money. So if he goes on to another contending team, they're still got to pay him that. So it's... Like you said, I think he's got to decide. Does he want to chase a championship? Because I think that's clear that that's not going to come for the New York Knicks. The Knicks are nowhere near a championship. But we're going to wrap up the first segment, and we're going to take a little break. But when we come back, we're going to talk about Christoph Drazingas. Hi, everybody. This is Chip Murphy, co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. And we, we've seen Christoph Rzingis. He's been in the news quite a bit recently. Um, it even goes far back as April when the season ended. And the Knicks had their exit meeting, and we all know now that Przingis was so frustrated with the Knicks that he skipped his exit meeting. And, and Charles, I'm going to start with you. Is that something that the Knicks should be concerned about, or is this young man just playing mind games with him, kind of, you know, maybe playing a bluff? Yeah, you know, there is definitely obviously going to be some concern when your franchise player is uh, not communicating with the team. However, you look at his contract, he's under control until 2019. Even then, he's a restricted free agent. So you have him for the foreseeable future, at least 2022 around there. So you have him for uh, a lot of time. It's better to go through this early, I think, than when you know he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. So I think everyone should calm down about the situation. They're obviously going through a rough patch. But just remember, Phil drafted Kristaps Porzingis with the fourth overall pick. He obviously has a lot of faith in him. So the relationship may be a little strained, but it's not too late to fix. Yeah, and Chip, the same thing. Do you think this is something to be concerned about or, or not really? It's just one of those things, New York media blowing up bigger than what it actually is. I think it's something to be concerned about in that they need to address it. But like Charles said, they have him under contract, and he's not going anywhere. And by the time he is an actual unrestricted free agent, and they'll actually need to worry about convincing him to stay, Phil Jackson's not even going to need to be the one to convince him to stay because he won't be with the team anymore. He's not going (laughs) to be involved. It'll be so far away, he's not going to be there anymore. So it'll be somebody else's problem. It's not like Phil's going to have to worry about it. And... Yeah, I I don't see this whole rift between KP and Phil as a big problem for the Knicks. I just don't. And, and one thing I see, I, I see on you know the headlines recently now a little bit more coming out about this story is uh, once he skipped the exit meetings and it's very clear that he's he's upset with the organization. Uh, reports are saying that teams are actually trying to contact the Knicks now for a trade and. Chip, do you, do you think a trade could possibly even be worked out? you think Phil Jackson might be hearing trade offers for Christoph Brzingis? I'm sure he heard trade offers, yeah. 
he definitely got calls, but I don't think there's any situation in which he trained for Singus. I really don't, because the one thing, the one situation that he has to brag about is uh, drafting for Zingas. So that's what he has to ha- have to hang his hat on. So if he trades the guy, what's he going to be able to say? What's his legacy going to be there? I mean, no. Uh, and what would equal value even be? So, Well, the thing, the thing makes me think about it, at least, is this upcoming draft is supposedly a heavy, loaded draft with prospects. I'm not saying True. I would trade um, Christoph Przingis, but it definitely makes it intriguing. What if a team is willing to offer multiple picks? And it, it gets you to think that maybe we can grab quite a few of these young, talented players that are in this coming draft. Do you think that makes it a little bit more intriguing to talk trade about Christoph Przingis? You mean like if the Celtics say, we'll give you Jay Crowder and the Nets pick? Would yeah. Would be intriguing? Yeah. That, I, I, I don't know. Like, it's, it's interesting. Look, I'll say this about Porzingis. He definitely gets a little overblown because he plays for the Knicks. <laughs> I don't know if I'd call him a, a surefire superstar just yet. Yeah. He's he's and he's few few years away from that in my opinion, especially with his yeah. inability to to score when his back's to the basket. But and the, his let's the elephant in the room, the injury issues. That's true too. Yeah. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. That's the unfortunate part of it. And this kid at the top of the draft folds. I mean, from what everybody says, oh my god, he's supposed to be a stud. So if that option is there. That's definitely tempting, but Porzingis is, you know, he sells tickets and he sells jerseys, so I just, that's the kind of trade, Matt, that you need to think about it. James Dolan would need to sign off on that trade. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. I mean, he would need to sign off on trading a franchise guy, and I don't think he would. I don't he, think James Dolan knows any, has any clue jerseys. what he's doing anyway. I, I think he, as he claims, he has no part in the Knicks, kind of just stays away from it. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know so if James Dolan's even a factor. because he doesn't want to take any blame. <laughs> he says that because he doesn't want to take any blame. Yeah. <laughs> Charles, jo- join in here. Would, would, if you're Phil Jackson or James Dolan, would you entertain the idea about maybe getting more picks for a disgruntled Christoph Przingis? I would say absolutely not for this reason. Those guys, Alonzo Ball, Fultz, while they could be, I expect them to be exceptional talents, they are still not proven talents. You have Christoph Przingis, who's a proven talent. He's 7'3", 8'8", wingspan. He's proved throughout his first two years in the association that he's a player who has a tremendous amount of talent. He averaged, what, 18 points per game last season. Fultz and Ball haven't entered the league yet, so we don't know what they can do in the NBA. They're unproven guards. So I would not do away with the, you know, your only beacon of hope for the franchise for two guys who haven't played an NBA game yet. I absolutely agree with you guys. I'm just bringing up the idea 
um, of, of an intriguing draft. But I think that Przingis is just way too valuable right now to gamble on some players who appear like they're going to be studs in the NBA. But there is no guarantee, and we already see the impact that Przingis has. I mean, I, I still think he has quite a bit to go before he is the king of New York. Um, you know, it, it's clear that he, he's just not ready for that role yet himself basically states that when he's telling everybody that he needs Carmelo Anthony there uh, with him because he's just not he's not ready yet. And I hope he works out this summer with um, Dirk Nowinski. I know he mentioned something like that. I would absolutely love that and, and yeah. see him develop a post game because I think obviously he's an outstanding shooter, but I think he falls in love with that shot. And when he's off, you can see that he aims his shot. Sometimes he rushes his shots. I mean, he's seven foot three. He's got to use his his length, and, and obviously, he has to get stronger as well. But I'm in total agreement with you guys that he's just too valuable right now to give up. Yeah, especially. I mean, look at his jersey sales. I mean, they're some of the top among the league already. It's incredible what he's brought to New York, and that that's kind of the question that I'm going to lead to next. Yeah, is see maybe is he. He's not there yet, and these mind games that perhaps he's playing with him being so vocal to the media, do you think he's earned the right to even do that? And Chip, I'm going to start with you with that. Do you think he's earned the right to even do that? That's a tough question because he is, like you said, or like we both said, he sells tickets and he sells jerseys, so he probably... In some way, I don't think he's an arrogant kid, but in some way he probably feels like he has the right to skip an exit meeting and play a little mind games and say he's frustrated. But at the same time, he's also played two seasons and he's 21. So, And what has he really done is probably the way Phil Jackson looks at it. Like, So and, and in Phil- my opinion, I don't really think he has. I He hasn't really done very much yet. You know, he's proven he's a young, talented player, really talented player, but he hasn't really done very much yet. He's just proven that he's our most talented prospect since Patrick Ewing. Yeah. And that's what he is. He's still a prospect. Exactly. He's still a prospect. Exactly. And I, that's one thing. Yeah. I, don't, I don't even think Phil Jackson really phased about what Perzingis is saying right now. And I think he's even – he said that in his, his famous press conference that he did a few weeks ago because he, he touched on about anything and had a lot of things to say about the state of the Knicks. But uh, he, he said that Persingas is not ready yet and still a few years away. And I think because of that, I don't think the Knicks are taking it that seriously. And, and where I'm going to go with this next is um, to you, Charles, if – I'm Christoph Przingis, or if you're Christoph Przingis, you know that you're going to become the face of the franchise. You're sitting back right now and you're watching the treatment that Carmelo Anthony is getting. If you're Przingis, do you think that his his threats are basically, if they don't get their act together, I'm leaving, do you think they're real because he's sitting here and seeing the treatment that one star is getting he's going to be the star is he wondering is this how i'm going to get treated right and you don't hear about too many young guys like porzingis 
speaking out against uh, the general manager and the president like this. So it's a little worrisome. Uh, but again, he's only 21 and he's still he's been in the NBA for two years. He's still new to the whole NBA. So I wouldn't be too worried. Like I said, he's 21 years old. There's a lot of maturity still left to uh, to accomplish. And right now, he's just young and 21 years old. Let's cut him a break. Exactly. I think with him, the, the thing I feel about with him, though, is I don't think he is that upset. I think he is... Perhaps we talked about he he seems more mature for his age, and I think he's trying to take on more of a a leadership role at the age of just twenty one. And when I hear him say these things, I don't have a fear that he's he's not going to be a, a New York Nick. I, I know that I've talked to some people who are very concerned and saying that you know this is great, we're going to lose Porzingis. I personally do not see that happening, and I, I think that he is going to be. Uh, New York Nick for a long time um, but we're going to wrap up the second segment and we're going to finish off with a, a fun segment we're going to talk about the New York Knicks roster we're going to go through the, the the players the coaches and we're going to do keep them or trash them hello everybody Matt Castillo the co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and contributor to Elite Sports New York you can follow me at Twitter at MattyDiesel15 to get my latest articles videos and podcasts Make sure to follow Elite Sports New York Twitter as well at Elite Sports NY and the rest of Elite Sports New York social media pages to stay up to date to all the New York sport news. Welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. Now we're going to have a little fun to wrap up the show. We're going to go through the roster and do keep them trash. And so we're going to start off with the head coach, Coach Jeff Hornacek. And, and Chip, would you keep them or would you trash them? I would keep them. It was one year. Yeah, they weren't good, but it's hard to get a barometer on his impact on the team even. You don't know how he was. You don't know what kind of control he had. I don't see any how firing him could help the team even. You know, who if they fire him, who are they going to bring in that's going to do a better job? Uh, that's my opinion on it who's going to come in that's going to be able to do a better job anyway I know that sounds depressing but that's my opinion I think it's the truth yeah I keep them keep them for sure I would keep them as well I, I, I just think how many head coaches have we been through over the years and it never helps and you know Chip kind of like what you said who would we bring in and I'll, I'll be honest the way the Knicks are we can have Greg Popovich as our coach and we probably still wouldn't win. I, I don't. I don't think it's the head coach. It's clearly the players. It's clearly the front office around that just screws everything up. Because I mean, let's face it, there was some talent on this roster. And what did we win? Thirty-three games, thirty-two, whatever it was. Thirty-one games. I think it was thirty. Thirty-one. Yeah. Thirty-one. I try to give us a few more to make us look a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, but. Yeah, I, I just there's not a coach on this planet that can fix the Knicks, and and I, I've seen so much backlash towards Coach Hornacek about you know him being fired. He has no clue what he's doing, and I'm sorry, I just don't think changing coaches every other year makes any. It doesn't help the team. I mean, no no benefit there. So next we're gonna go with Kurt Rambis. 
Chip, you keeping them or you trashing them? I'd love to trash him. I really think they should trash him. Uh, he should not be associated with the team at all. He's not a good coach. But let's be honest, he's Phil Jackson's friend. He's not going anywhere. So, in my opinion, trash him. But he's not going anywhere. Let's be realistic. Charles, you keeping him or you trashing him? I mean, it doesn't seem like he can trash him. He's everywhere Phil Jackson goes, apparently. I, I, I'm not sure yeah. what he does. Apparently, he's the defensive coordinator of this team. But if he is, he's the worst defensive coordinator in the NBA. So I, while I would love to trash him, I just don't think you could uh, you could do that. Yeah, he, he's not going anywhere, unfortunately. Um, which, again, just doesn't make any sense because we hear nothing but bad things about him. We hear the players do not respect him. They don't want to play for him or, or you, you can see it. I mean, he's out there trying to coach players, and I, they're just looking like, yeah, okay, whatever. And as a defensive coordinator, uh, last time I checked, I don't think the Knicks' defense was any good. I mean, when they're giving up 120 points to Brooklyn, I, come on. Uh, your, your defensive coordinating skills are not very good at all. And You know who a defensive coordinator was? Tibbs, when he was with the Celtics, coaching the Paul Pierce. Garnett, Ray Allen team. That was a defensive coordinator. You know, and he, we had a good chance to make uh, him. Uh, we had a good chance yeah. to make him head coach, and you know, we we didn't do that as well. And again, that's not a shot uh, at yeah, Hornacek, was... but you know, I would love to see yeah. some defense. Um, I'm tired of watching a layup line. That's what I seem to see every year from the Knicks. Either the opposing teams just have their fun and get on contested shots. I mean, I, I'm somebody that uses uh, DraftKings, and I I won money. Almost every night the Knicks played because I would just pick the opposing team point guard, for Christ's sake, and get up. They would have layups for days. It was absolutely horrendous. So we'll move on to our first player, which is Derrick Rose, who is a free agent technically. But if you're the New York Knicks, Chip, do you keep Derrick Rose or do you move on from him? This is the toughest one because there's been conflicting reports, you know, he wants to come back, he loves New York, or he wants a max deal. If he wants a max deal, trash him for sure. Mm -hmm. No way. Another knee surgery. Uh, stay away from him. But as much as as much of a risk as he is, if he says, I'll come back on like a two-year contract, then you have to consider it. But the first option should definitely be point guard in the draft. If they draft a point guard, then trash him for sure. Charles, what are you are you keeping him? Or are you moving on? From yeah, him? for for me, this is actually the easiest decision of the offseason. I say get rid of him. Absolutely. This is a guy who has no respectable jump shot anymore. Teams can just sag off him. And when he drives to the rim, he's a great finisher. But he does not kick the ball out when he drives to the rim, meaning his teammates are not getting any shots. At this point of his career, I think he's more of a shooting guard than mm -hmm. he's a point guard. And that's what I was just about to ask when you were going with that. Do you think – what if the Knicks bring him back and he plays shooting guard? Which, again, that's kind of difficult because they have Courtney Lee who gave great production. and I guess we'll move on to Courtney Lee in a minute. But, um, you know, is he somebody that can move the shooting guard? Would the Knicks – would you consider Derrick Rose if he was a shooting guard? Uh, I would not consider him for the Knicks, I think, for other teams – 
Uh, I mentioned in my previous articles, the Grizzlies, they run a lot of off-ball screens for shooting guards to get open, like Tony Allen. He's a huge cutter in Memphis. I think Rose would fit in perfectly and not in that offense. But for the Knicks, absolutely not. I don't think, especially with Courtney Lee already manning the shooting guard position, he would have absolutely no role. Well, I'm in agreement that the Knicks should pass on him, especially when you know we heard him say he's looking for a max deal. If he thinks he's getting a max deal, somebody has to give him a drug test because he is out of his mind. I mean, <laughs> look, the most games that he's played – since he played 81 games in 2010 and 2011, was 66, and that was in 2015-2016. You know, yes, this season there was some appearance of the old Derrick Rose. He showed flashes of that athleticism that he once had in Chicago. Um, a guy that scored the basketball 18 points a game. What? what yeah, 18 points a game. Yeah, he had four assists. Um, shot about. 47% from the field. Um, you know, there was flashes of the old Derrick Rose, but it's a contract year. I think he was looking to elevate his game to get a big deal, sucker team in, and those injuries are just way too much to overlook. I, I, the best thing for the Knicks is to move on and start finding a young point guard. And then next up, we have Carmelo Anthony, who we kind of talked about already, so we don't got to spend too much time on it, but me... I'm actually trashing him. I'm ready to move on for Camelo Anthony. Uh, Chip, what do you think? I'm ready to move on, too. I think you trade him. Charles, yeah. you agree? I'm right there with you guys. It's just a matter of can you move him? Yeah. And, and the next one, we'll move mm-hmm. right on to Christoph Przingis. And, I mean, this is an obvious no. one. Again, we won't spend too much time on him. Um, I'm keeping him. Chip, I know you're keeping him. Am I wrong? Shock me. Definitely keeping him. Yeah. I think it's fair to say we're all keeping him. You don't got to spend too much time there. The next one, Chip, Joakim Noah. Are you keeping him or are you trashing him? Oh, God. One of the, the worst things to happen to the Knicks in the last 10 years is the Joakim Noah contract. If they could trash Joakim Noah, it might redeem Phil Jackson if they could get rid of Joakim Noah. Oh, God. Look, they're going to be stuck with him. But trash him for sure. I just want I just want to say the words trash Joakim Noah. So I'm saying trash him for sure. Charles, what are you doing with Noah? I wish uh, the Knicks still had an amnesty because uh... – <laughs> You absolutely could use it on Noah, right? I mean, he has $54 million left on his contract. He's two suspensions or two. They needlessly used the amnesty? Yeah. They used it for no reason? Oh, of course they did. I just wish uh, they would be able to get another one because they absolutely need it, possibly more so than with uh, uh, when they used it on Chauncey Billups. Yeah, that was just. Stupid. That's what I was talking about. That was just dumb to use it there. I, uh. Absolutely. So you have $54 million left of, on a guy who two injuries on the season, a suspension. When he played, he was exceptionally poor. He looked like a shell of his former self. This is quite possibly the worst move the Knicks have ever made in the past 10 years. And they traded for Andrea Bargnani. An unprotected first-round pick. 
Andre Bargnani. Guys, I, I'm just I'm just sitting here shaking my head, just thinking about Joaquin Noah. I just don't understand <laughs> what the hell Phil Jackson was thinking. I really don't. What team would have gave him seventy two million dollars over four years? I, nobody. Nobody. Now look, now look. Do I see the interest in Noah? One, he seemed like he wanted to come to New York. At least, you know, he was passionate about being a New York Nick. He said all the right things. And if the Knicks are running the triangle offense, which, you know, every year they seem like they're going to and they never do, just like next year they're going to be exclusive to the triangle offense, I give that about a week and that will change. Um you know, this is a guy that kind of fits a triangle because he is a, a, an outstanding passer and has been that over his career. Yeah, he was supposed to be a passer. He yeah, was fifth on the team in a set. Yeah, he wasn't even a he wasn't even a facilitator like he was supposed to be. Yeah, I, uh, God, but seventy two million dollars for a guy who doesn't even play half a season. I I just don't yeah, and- get it. I just it made no sense. I was so livid when I saw how much money we gave him. I don't care about the new CBA that that brings in much money for you know players that don't deserve it. Like Timothy Mozgov makes more money than Tom Brady with the outrageous contract he got. I understand players are making more money, but why? I mean, I watched this guy this year. He couldn't make a layup. He was two feet. In front yeah, of the that, basket and can't make a layup. He just, it was painful to watch. He's going to be 32 years old right now. He looks like somebody who's about 45 years old trying to play basketball in the NBA. It, it, it's embarrassing. Like it. It, it's, it's terrible. That, I mean, his, his free throw shooting made Shaquille O'Neal look like he was the oh, best God. free throw shooter in the history of the NBA. Um, I mean, it, I. <sighs> Phil Jackson, what signed, were you thinking? The Knicks signed this guy for two things, defense and his passing ability. And both of those things are just gone. Yeah. I mean, he is yeah. clearly no longer play- – honestly, next year, because we're not getting rid of him. Like we said, he's stuck. We're stuck with him. He's going to be a guy that's going to play 10 to 15 minutes a night maybe now. I mean, and, and, and we're paying him $72 million to do that. By far, the – the Knicks signed for his rebounding, and they were the worst defensive rebounding team in the NBA. Well, I mean, I will say his total rebounding, he, he averaged 8.7 boards a game, which isn't terrible. But, yeah, I mean, overall, it didn't really have an impact on the team. You know, this He's just clearly just not the same player he once was three, four years ago. And just, again, to give him that kind of money was ludicrous it's just outrageous but we'll, we'll move on it's not terrible matt but it's not good for him yeah i know what you're saying but it's not good for him 8.7 rebounds yeah exactly yeah we're, we're where he used to be this guy used to be basically almost a triple double yeah with the assist that he brought to the yeah. table now we'll be lucky if we get two points from the game and you know six seven rebounds uh it's oh god yeah it's terrible, but let's move on to one of my favorite players. Uh, I think he's a fan favorite. I think it's safe to say that. Ron Baker. Chip, are you keeping him or are you trashing him? Uh, keeping him for sure. I can't see why anyone wouldn't want to keep Ron Baker. One of the highlights of the season for sure. Ron Baker has to come back. 
Charles, you keeping him? I'm definitely keeping him, especially because he's so young. He's a very good communicator on defense, something that the Knicks lack. Uh, his three-point shot has to start falling, yeah. but for now, I'm definitely keeping him. Absolutely. He, he's definitely a keep and, and, and somebody the Knicks need to get back. I, I mean, if they are going to run this triangle offense, you need a point guard that has the intelligent IQ level that he has. I mean, Jeff Hornacek has even said that he didn't even call plays when Ron Baker was out there. He just trusted him that much. And that, that's pretty impressive for being a rookie, being undrafted, and, and having the coach trust you like that. But absolutely, his shooting needs to get better. I mean, he shot 37% from the field. Uh, Three-point, he was a 26% three-point shooter and, and he's a far better shooter than that you give him more time he's definitely going to be somebody that's going to have an impact on the Knicks and I think a player that every team needs that you know the, the guy that's going to get down and, and, and gritty and we've seen how he gets under players skin if you guys think back to that Milwaukee game when uh, Jason Terry threw an elbow at him because Baker was just locking him up he, you know he's just that kind of player so absolutely Ron Baker needs to be back and then the next, we have Willie Hearn Gomez. I think this is another no-brainer. Chip, are you keeping him or trashing him? Yeah, another no-brainer, like you said, definitely keeping him. Definitely. He's, uh, I mean, he definitely declined in the second half after the All-Star break. When he became a, it was a little alarming. When he became a starter, you know, he really got exposed on defense, like mm. really got exposed. So, but at the same time, that's a good thing because now he knows that's something he really needs to work on. But he was one of the best rookies in the league this year. You know, he's a really good rebounder and he's got a lot of potential. Not a starter in the long term and didn't play particularly well with Porzingis, I don't think. But I think Porzingis had to do too much on defense when he was playing with Hernan Gomez. But you definitely need to keep Hernan Gomez. Maybe... Maybe a trade asset somewhere down the line, but for now, you definitely keep him. Charles, you keeping him or you trashing him? Absolutely keeping him. This is a guy who could finish in the top of the rookie of the year voting. And his post moves, for a guy who's 20 years old, it looks like he's been playing for, you know, five years at least in the NBA. Yep. His post game is so much more advanced than all of these young guys. It's very impressive. The only thing he has to work on, obviously, is his defense. We've said that. I don't know if you could play him next to Kristaps Porzingis just because the defense there, as good of a rim protector as Kristaps is, I don't think he can make the the move to the center position just yet. I think he needs another guy who's stellar at defense, and Hernan Gomez is not that guy. So while he has a lot to improve on on, uh, the defensive side of the ball, he is an absolute stud on offense. Well, well, guys, you guys get you forget we have the best defense coordinator in the league to teach him defense, right? <laughs> of course, I mean, of course. Kurt, Kurt Ramis is going to make this guy into you know, a block part. Anthony Davis, he's going to turn him into that kind of defender. A modern day Charles Oakley. Exactly. The paint is protected. I'm sure, I'm sure they'll be working out together all summer. Oh man, I can't Ramis. wait next season. <laughs> look out. Nick's defense going to be number one in the league was Rambis. That's right. But all kidding aside, definitely keep her and Gomez. I, I was very impressed yes, with him this sure. season. I mean, honestly, Charles, you touched on it. His footwork. I mean, for such a young guy, he looks so advanced in the post. He made other people look stupid when trying to cover him. 
Um, his defense yeah. is definitely a reliability. Uh, it's just um, a liability, excuse me. Um, but yeah, I think this kid has tools to be a very good center in this league. I think he can be a double-double guy. Um, and without question, he's going to be the starting center next season. I, I, I know he has to improve his defense, but uh, anything's better than Joe Noah. And um, I had a friend who tweeted out the beginning of the year that Hernan Gomez is going to be in the top of the rookie of the year discussion. And I kind of was thinking there's no way, like I, I don't see it. And he barely was playing early on. And then when he got his opportunity, he was very impressive. So this is another no brainer. You've got to keep uh, a, a young center like Hernan Gomez on the team. All right. Now we have Kaminskis. Do we keep him chip? Or do we trash him? I think you keep him because he's still under contract, but he's not—he's not a player. Like he's—he's he's just a guy. He's not a player like Hernan Gomez is. I think he's definitely flawed. Like we talked about Hernan Gomez's flaws on defense, Kuzminski is extremely flawed on defense. He—he uh, he has trouble guarding. Pretty much everybody that they they tried to hide him against pretty much every position, and he couldn't guard anybody that they put him up against. And his three point shot was hot at the beginning of the season, but then he really cooled off. Like he only finished at thirty two percent. But you know, normally it takes international guys a year to get used to the NBA three point line. So you never know; he could wind up shooting a high percentage next year. So they definitely shouldn't trash him. They definitely should keep him to see what he can do next year. He sure. could become a sharpshooter. Who knows? Charles, do you keep or trash him? Yeah, you know, I, I would definitely keep him. I don't know if he's ever going to be an above-average three-point shooter, but I do know that he shoots 60% at the rim, and uh, he's only assisting on 67% of his shots. So this is a guy who needs to get the ball near the rim, and he could be a valuable cutter for the team. I'm actually in a disagreement with you guys. I, I think the Knicks should move on from him. Honestly, yes, he, he's a good shooter. Yes, he showed that he can finish around the rim. But I, I'm tired of watching these guys that are just so weak. He's so weak. Defensively, it was like nobody was – if he was guarding somebody, it was like they were playing against air. And I just think the Knicks got to move on from guys like this. And they can probably find guys like this um, – you know that that can shoot the basketball, finish around the rim, perhaps even in the draft. I think a younger guy can probably take his spot. I wasn't very impressed with him. I, I think you know he's definitely a great shooter, and I hear what you guys are saying to give him more time. I just don't like how weak he is. It just every time he was on the floor, it, it was sickening to watch him try to play defense. He, and I, I just don't think he's going to get stronger and become a better defender. And he's twenty seven years or twenty eight years old. I think we can get some guy younger. Yeah, I, I, I would move on from him. But next we have... Well, he's only on a contract for one more year, I think, right? One more year? Uh, maybe, yeah, maybe. for one more yeah. year. Yeah, maybe one yeah. more year just to see. But I, I don't think he's going to be somebody that sticks around the NBA. To be, I think he'll be back playing overseas within probably by the end of next year. But next, Chip, we have Jason Randall. He showed flashes. He showed flashes, no, but... Sorry. I just, I'm not not sold on him. But we're going to go to Chase and yeah. Randall. We didn't get to see much of him when he did play. 
shows that he has some game. But what do you think? Would you keep him or, or, or trash him? I, like you said, we didn't see much of him. We only saw 18 games. Uh, some Knicks fans, I think, took that a bit uh, too far. But, uh, yeah, I think we saw enough of him, though, to say keep him because we said saw splashes with Coos, uh, but I think we saw a little enough with uh, Randall to say keep him. He made some plays at the rim. He uh, he was a willing passer, which was good. He didn't play very much, though, so I don't think it's a perfectly necessary situation. He only played 18 games. But I would say keep him. Definitely keep him. Uh, Charles, would you keep him or trash him? Uh, certainly keep him just because, I mean, he's making next to nothing in the, you know, the day and age of the uh, NBA contract now. He's making about a million dollars. Uh, we really haven't seen what he could do just because he had no playing time during the season. He was a big-time scorer in the D-League. I think he averaged, what, like 25 or something points per game there. So we haven't really seen what he's been able to do in the NBA. So for now, I would keep him. I agree with you guys. I think you would definitely keep him because we haven't seen enough about him. I think the Knicks obviously like him. I think some of the fans even liked him. I know some people are furious that he was released, basically, and they kept Ron Baker way back in the beginning of the year, but Randall was hurt. So, of course, the Knicks weren't going to keep him if he was unable to play. Um, But we just have not seen enough of him. I'll tell you what, we'll definitely have him on the summer league squad where he'll have more opportunity to press. And I think he's somebody just because yes, he, he's you're paying him basically nothing. He definitely will be on the roster next season. And now we have Courtney Lee. So chip, would you keep Courtney Lee? I would trash Courtney Lee. If you can get a good offer for him, because I thought he played pretty well. But you're going in the wrong direction right now. And he's, I believe, 31. Yeah, 31 still. And if you can get a good offer for him, I'd trade him. So well, let me let me ask you this. I know, get anything good for him. I, I know this has been just a rumor out there. Clippers, J.J. Redick. Would you rather have J.J. Redick or would you rather have Courtney Lee? I think Courtney Lee because Courtney Lee's younger. And Courtney Lee will be making significantly less money. JJ's going to want like sixteen million, I think. Yeah, it'd be pricey. And that's so what I. He definitely would be Courtney more pricey. Courtney Lee makes, I think, twelve. Yeah. Yeah, Courtney Lee makes twelve. I think JJ JJ's deal is going to run starting at sixteen, is what I read in the the uh, I think it was a Mark Berman article or an Ian Begley article. So, yeah, I think Courtney Lee. He's younger and he's cheaper. So, Courtney Lee. Charles, you're keeping him attractional. Yeah, this is one of my favorite players on the Knicks. He's a 3 and D guy at a really reasonable price. He's making, I think, $11 million. And you compare that to a guy like Damari Carroll, I think he's making about $14 million. This is a guy who a lot of, a lot of teams, pretty much every team would take a Courtney Lee. Uh, he's a guy who's going to shoot lights out from the corner three. And he's going to pick up your best uh, perimeter player. So I would definitely keep him. Uh, I would obviously pair someone who is a capable defender next to him to really get the most out of him. I would also like to flip him at the trade deadline once uh, 
he gets that trade value up. But I would keep him for now. I agree. I, I would keep Courtney Lee. I, I thought he was the best offseason addition to the Knicks this season. Um, I think that he plays defense. He's one of the better defenders around the perimeter. Um, definitely a great outstanding shooter. I know for some part of the season, he was actually leading the NBA in, in three-point percentage. Um, he shot 40% from the three-point line. So, And when Carmelo Anthony and Brazingis weren't playing, you know, I thought he picked up his play and, and really was one reason why the Knicks were in some of those games that they were later down the stretch of the year. So definitely would keep Courtney Lee. And, and next, what we're going to kind of do for time's sake, I'm going to kind of throw a few players at you. Um, and, and you can keep them or trash them. So, Chip, would you keep Kyle Quinn, Justin Holiday, Marshall Plumley? Those three guys, would you keep them or trash keep, them? Keep O'Quinn, keep Holiday, and probably trash Plumley. Yeah, I just, for money's sake, just, or. You know, it, it depends. I mean, he made what? He made a little over a million this year, I guess. So, it's I, you know, I guess they'd be deciding between Slumley and Endor. Hmm. So they probably wouldn't bring both of them back. Yeah. So it depends on who you prefer, and I prefer Endor. Yeah, me so, too. More of a high energy I mean, guy. Um, yeah, and he can do a little more. So, so that's my reason for saying trash Slumley is I prefer Endor. All right, so, Charles, would you keep yeah, Kyle Quinn? Yeah. Holiday and Pumley. Kyle O'Quinn, I'd definitely try and deal. Uh, he's a guy who only makes $4 million, so he's certainly movable. He actually led the Knicks in PER this season, so he has a lot of value. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other two were Justin Holiday and who else? Marshall Plumley. Yeah, Plumley, I don't think he does anything well. He's not very athletic. Yeah. I just He's a solid rebounder, but that's it. So I think he can cut ties with him. Justin Holiday is someone who I want to keep at all costs. Mm-hmm. I think he's a great young player. Uh, a large wingspan, can hit the three ball. I like him a lot. I, I would keep Kyle Quinn. I know his play to me kind of is inconsistent. I mean, there's stretches where he's dominating, and then there's stretches where he's not doing anything on the floor. Um, he's a, he protects the rim. He blocks a lot of shots. I would keep O'Quinn. Justin Holiday absolutely would keep. Um, really impressed me this year. You know, the Knicks said he wasn't a throw-in in that deal for uh, Derrick Rose, and I can see why they liked him. He was very impressive. I also like the fact that he can help the Knicks possibly bring his brother uh, Drew Holiday over. Um, so I would keep him. Marshall Plumley. I don't care anything about. Get rid of him. And we'll finish it up with three guys. And we have the door, Lance Thomas, and Vujicic. Chip, who are you keeping? Who are you trashing? Uh, obviously, Endor, I just said. I really like him. I think he's, like you mentioned, he's a high-energy guy. I think he uh, he's a really good, I think he's a good rebounder. I think he has uh, potential. Uh, he's a little older for a, like a rookie. He's 24. And he turns 25 in June, but uh, I I like him. I'm a fan. Um, and you said uh, Sasha and Thomas. And, and right? Lance Thomas, yes. Yeah, uh, Thomas. I know he got a really bad rap this year because he was hurt, and God, it's it's a tough one because Lance is such a 
Lance is such a good story, and you want to root for Lance. But, you know, he's, like Kyle O'Quinn, Lance is on a pretty good contract. He only makes like $7 million a year. So he's probably movable. If you can get something for him, I'd probably trade him. And as far as Sasha goes, yeah, trash him, yeah. for sure. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Charles, those three guys, what are you doing with them? Yeah, I think I'm going to pretty much trash all of them except Lance Thomas. I like Thomas's versatility as a defender who can – is uh, shooting uh, – shooting uh, – excuse me, is a uh, – what is that? Shooting form. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> his shooting form is uh, disgusting. But uh, he's a capable defender. I know he dealt with a lot of injuries this season, but – I hope he can just bounce back. Like you said, he's making six, seven million dollars. So he's a guy you can keep. Endor, I'm not a big fan of. I think he's undersized, and he's not really a great uh, shooter. And I just don't think he has any spot on the team. And Vujacic, please trash him already. It's been way too long. I, I agree with you, Charles. I, I think Endor is a guy that we just haven't seen enough of, and I would like to see more of him because when he gets his opportunities, he's a high energy guy. But Again, I just don't think he does have a place on the team. Uh, Lance Thomas, I'm definitely keeping. I think it's definitely a a down year for him. He had a lot of injuries this year. Um, But he's another guy that is one of our better defenders. Um, Yeah, all-out hustle type player. And I definitely think Lance Thomas will bounce back next year. And Sasha Vujicic is probably the biggest roster waste of space in the NBA, I, I've been saying that since he I, I, for the few years he was on the Knicks. I mean, all these guys the Knicks probably could have brought in through you know free agency even this year when the team was struggling to better their team. We kept him for whatever reason. So yeah, that he's an absolute trash. And that's gonna wrap it up for our first episode. Uh, we want to thank you guys for listening. And um, Charles, thank you for joining Chip and I. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Thank you for having me. A lot yeah, of fun. Man, thank you for having me. And uh, again, you can check out this podcast at the radio section of Elite Sports New York. And if you are not somebody that has visited a site, please do, because I'm telling you, it's an up and coming site. But we'll be back next week for more Nick's State of Mind podcasts.